Giants 23, Jags 17. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And the Giants are 6-1, and one, man, and it feels good. This team finds ways to win. This wasn't a perfect game by the Giants. It was far from it. Um, defensively, it was probably one of their worst games, if not their worst game, but they were found a way to hold the Jaguars to 17 points. And the Giants scored their first drive, thinking, okay, easy win. Jaguars punch back, and again, Justin, again. The Giants have been trailing in the fourth quarter in six of their seven games. Well, they're six and one. Daniel Jones has five fourth quarter comebacks this season, and he is the story for this New York Giants mm-hmm. these last five weeks. Like, it's it's time to just stop, like, beating around the bush with it, where it's like Daniel Jones is doing everything he, that he's asked us from by this New York Giants uh, coaching staff team, and then some. Bobby Skinner, producer Julian, Patreon chat, everybody. Listening and watching. Hello. Happy Victory Monday. We did it again. <laughs> we did it again, man. That was an excruciating game to sit through. And, man, there are the list of how and why the Giants shouldn't be winning. It's growing. It's growing each and every week. There was a ton of injuries that happened this game. The officiating was some of the worst that I've, like, ever seen in my entire life like the game should have been over with that Saquon Barkley running out of bounds but he actually didn't run out of bounds and it was like 36 inches away from us having a really bad Monday podcast for no reason but I don't care Um, this team continues to find ways to win and also the team and the coaching staff despite all these things going wrong officiating injuries whatever they don't blink they don't blink they stay the course they win I love them. There's some magical things happening with this team, Bobby. There's some magical things happening in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and we're only getting started. Let's do it. There's magical things happening in Duval. It was, it, that chant by the end of the game, because I, I was at the game. This, I think this is the first hotel pod since the Andrew Thomas interview, by the way. Um, those chants by the end of the game were New York. Like New York Giants fans took over Jacksonville. It was very cool to see. Um and I'm undefeated at Giants game. But yeah, that ending of the game, week before we, you know, we'll go and break down Daniel Jones play, the Giants offense, blah, blah, blah. I could blah, have vomited. All that stuff, all that stuff that you guys listened to us for. That end of game was brutal. I mean, they take, they take over the uh, they get the ball, they start rushing, and it's like it's over. It's over. And then like, okay, well, we'll have to kick a field goal with 30 seconds left. The game's over. And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, there's a minute five on the clock. Saquon was out of bounds. And I don't think that rule was applied correctly. You know, like he was sliding, you know, maybe it doesn't work with Saquon, but I don't know. But that, so they add a minute five on the clock and then you get to, you know, uh, second and 10 Dexter Lawrence sack, baby fifth sack and, and uh, of the season. So that's his, uh, his, his single season high. Nope. We're going to call defensive holding. Then a Fabian Moreau interception. Then there's a holding, and then okay, we stop them a couple plays. Then they get a big play on a third and fifteen, and guess what? <laughs> Roughing the passer, and they add fifteen yards to that. And then that last, uh, you know, they throw two phase, and then that last play of the game, where I from I was on the opposite side of the stadium, Justin. I was just like, did they win? Did they win? Like that was that was miserable, and it seemed like it took twenty five minutes for that last drive to happen. No, it was it was an excruciating. And I'm trying not to freak out. I'm trying not to vomit because that's it's literally like I felt like I felt like I could have thrown up. And you tweeted, I want to die. So I feel like we were both kind of feeling the same way there at the end. Can you imagine? I don't want to imagine. I don't need to imagine it. I don't even want to think about it. We want because also it should it's it's bullshit. Sorry, I'm throp I'm, I'm dropping a whatever at the start of the pot. 
it's bullshit that we even got in that situation. Because that drive, we'll kind of work our way to the end, back to the start here. But that drive that the Giants had, I think there was like four minutes left on the clock, maybe a little bit yeah, more four than four and a half minutes. minutes. So it was like, all right, four-minute offense, let's do this. Saquon Barkley had 66 yards on the game before that final drive. How many yards did he end up with, Bobby? 107? Um, 110, I believe. 110. He had three more DJ than Daniel Jones. 107, yeah. Daniel Jones, career high. 107 yards rushing too. Only the third time in Giants franchise history that two rushing, uh, they have two Giants players on the same team getting uh, over 100 rushing yards. I believe one of them was 2010 uh, against Minnesota. And then the other one, one was the Panthers. not versus the Panthers because Brandon Jacobs didn't break 100 yards that game. And then I think another one was 2007 versus Buffalo. Uh, the win, the basically the game that we won um, to get to the playoffs. So Bradshaw and Jacobs scheduling. The last Giants quarterback to run for 100 yards was in 1946 as well. Mm. Frank, there you go. Frank Philcock. Mm. Ooh, great name. Tough. Frank, no. Dude, Frank Philcock was elite, by the way. Um, but that drive, but that drive, my whole point of bringing this up, Saquon Barkley <laughs> had 66 yards with that four, four minutes to go drive. That is like ultimate New York Giants football. They ran the ball down the Jaguars' throats. Everybody knows it's coming. Everybody and the mother knows that the Giants have to take time off the clock. They get a nice stop on, you know, uh, they, they get a nice stop. I think that was the fourth down stop that, that Trevor Lawrence tries to QB sneak. And then, boom, Giants get the ball back. That was one of the more, that, that was like 2020 Seattle-esque of their ability to run the ball there. And the game should have ended, and it's bullshit how it didn't end. So... Also, my favorite play call of the day by Mike Kafka was one, they the Jaguars sell out to stop the run. Like they're the number one, they're the number three rushing defense in the NFL. Well, guess what? We had 236 rushing yards on them. Mm. But we knew, like, hey, they're gonna they like they crashed the end. So we had Daniel Jones leading the, you know, having that 107 rushing yards. The read options worked. He also made plays on on his own with his legs. But my favorite play call of the game was like, hey, we're getting in, you know, uh basically you know, like a two, a two tight end, two fullback formation. You're motioning Chris Myrick to the run side, uh, pre-snap as a fullback. Was that boot off of it, like the Chicago game, where you had the, you know, the boot and Daniel Jones runs for, I think, 18, 20 yards at that end of the game, and that sealed 24. another first down. Yeah, 24 yards. That was my favorite play call of the game because they're selling out to stop the run. You motion the fullback, and that gives it away. Like, okay, we're you know we're handing the ball to the right, like we just did the last three to four times on this drive, and then bam, boot off of it, and and you get a first down. Um, I, I thought they were the Giants. Like four minute offense has just been very good, and it's a pain in the ass that it ended up not finishing the drive off the game off truly. He was so close to breaking that too. Like Daniel Jones is the most athletic klutz. I know he got hit in the thighs, but he didn't, he didn't get like tripped. I wanted him uh, to you're break thinking, that. You're thinking of the touchdown drive. I'm thinking of that last drive of the game. Oh, whoops! When they didn't, uh, when they had to kick the field goal. You, uh, you're talking about the scramble play. I'm talking about the uh, the play action boot on the last drive of the game, where you know like DJ slid on it. Got like it. Chicago, oh yes, the Chicago yes. style boot. Okay. There, but yeah, but that 24 yard run, I really wanted him to break that because he was like. He was super close to breaking it, and he odds are like, at least he gets like into the red zone on that. So yeah, that was that was nuts. But let's talk about Daniel Jones in general. We went long enough. Nineteen of thirty, two hundred two yards, touchdown, zero interceptions, and then another hundred yards on the game. So he had three hundred nine yards total in this game. Six drops, six drops, and these weren't just drops, Justin. These drops were killer drops. Marcus Johnson dropping a touchdown, which we saw some emotion out of Daniel Jones after that. Uh, you know, they had that first and 20 on the second drive of the game. Marcus Johnson drops a 15-yard pass on first and 20. And then you have a third and 14. Ricky James drops uh, a first down on that. Um, you know, Tanner Hudson had the drop on the third and four where it would have been fourth and one. And the Giants were going to go for it. That's the reason Daniel Jones threw that ball is because, like, hey, we, we don't have to throw this past the sticks because we'll go for it on fourth if we could get a few yards on this. Um, so, again, he had 11 incompletions. Six of them were drops. Six of them were drops. There was a throwaway. Um, two other throws got tipped up. Like, and there was other like like that tight window throw that uh, 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 to Slayton where a guy got his hands on it. That's like, man, I, I like you pulling the trigger on that on that type of throw. And then Marcus Johnson in the end zone, uh, but the ball got tipped to the line of scrimmage because in the stadium, I'm like, oh, man, he missed like by a lot on that, but ended up getting tipped. 
um, at, the, at towards the line of scrimmage on that. I mean, he just didn't miss today, like at all. He didn't miss at all today. Again, 11 incompletions, six of those were drops. He had a throwaway. His overall, we've always talked about his overall accuracy being a strength. Well, that strength is being used by this coaching staff to where now we're excited about Daniel Jones and we're not talking about like, oh, well, he just needs this. And we listen, we do need a number one wide receiver. Yeah. Like we're, we're through seven games and our leading wide receiver is Richie James with 189 yards. Like that is pitiful. So a number one wide receiver obviously would help this, um, this offense a ton. But like we've always said with Daniel Jones and what's always been frustrating now this his fifth year option was declined. So me and you kind of mentally were like, well, he's going to have to do a lot, but he's doing what we asked of him one to win games and play consistently. Like he did at the start of the 2021 season. And that's what he's doing. But we've always said, does Daniel Jones need everything perfect around him? No, but he needs like one and a half out of like the four elements. Um, now he's had, he's had a good running game, even though the running game has been bad in the first half of most games. He has no receiver help, but he's got a good scheme and then half of a decent offensive line with Andrew Thomas being the left tackle. So he has his blind side protected, and he's producing, and he's doing well. Like, he's just not missing. Like, he's continuing to put the team on his back, whether it's through the air or through on, his, on the ground. And even outside of just the numbers today, you know, I'm a numbers guy, I have never seen Daniel Jones – this emotional and just visibly like energetic today. There was an energy that was coming off of Daniel Jones today. It was on the sideline. It was on the field. Um, Obviously, you know, the big moment that everybody talked about was after Marcus Johnson drops that pass on fourth down, you know, he screams, catches, catch the ball. And that's obviously directed at, it's not directed at Marcus Johnson. He's not going up to Marcus Johnson's face, but that's what he was referring to. And then after the game in the postgame presser, he like apologizes for it, you know, because I, I don't blame the beat reporters for asking this. They ask him about, hey, you, you know, you kind of got emotional, especially after that fourth down Marcus Johnson drop. I don't blame the beat reporters for asking because Daniel Jones usually doesn't show any emotion on the field at all. So he's like, I can't get that emotional in that moment. And I can't yell that. I can't scream that. Um, I tr- I have all the faith and trust in Marcus Johnson in the world. But even besides that Marcus Johnson drop where Jones screams, catches the, catch the ball, there were moments between him and Dable on the sideline. I mean, he's going up to his teammates and just patting guys on the head. Like, he, he, I saw an emotion on Jones's face throughout the entire game that I've, like, rarely seen. I mean, you know, for a dude that I think just left his heart and all of his energy out on the field. Um, I'm glad that that kind of reflected in DJ's energy today. And it's really, really cool that him and Dable have like these moments together on the sideline. I think DJ kind of needs that affirmation like that. Why not? I feel like everybody needs like positive affirmation, even in the, in the midst of a battle, like a football game. It just helps with his confidence. And I don't want to do the long term, but again, when we talked about Daniel Jones, what does he need to do to get a franchise or just be on the giants in 2023? We said to do what he's exactly done. There was there essentially three things. Is one, 95%, just normal people being like, yeah, he's played well. We should bring him back. Winning games, one, because one, that takes you out of draft position. But at the end of the day, like at some point you got to like winning does matter. And then playing at, at a consistently at the rate that he did at the start of the 2021 season. And that's what he's done. You know, after a, a, a tough first two games to start, he has – where he didn't look comfortable, he has really turned it around. And I think it's a huge confidence booster for him, you know, who he's never really experienced winning like this uh, with the New York Giants. You know, we we know, we've talked to people where it's like, he just, he really just wants to win for like the fans. Like, that's why, you know, when people were like, why does this guy not go down? It's like, he just wants to like prove himself to everybody. Like, yeah. you know, as, as much as meek as he is on the sideline and, and being him, you know, and, and hiding that, like he truly just cares and it, it's shown through, man. And that's, it's fun. And as someone who like really loved Daniel Jones coming out of the draft and wanted him, like it's, it's, and it was like, I, I'm, I'm, you know, they declined his option. Like I'm kind of mentally moving on. It, it feels good to kind of be back on it, yeah. you know, like we still have a ha- half of a season left to go, but it's been awesome to see him be like the, the main reason and the scheme give him a chance to be the reason to win games where in past years of the scheme did not give him a chance. 
Yeah, and the advanced stuff backs it up more than the basic stat line, right? Where he hasn't been lighting it up with touchdown touchdown passes. He hasn't been lighting it up with uh, yards. I mean, accounting for over 300 yards on, on the air and the ground is is pretty solid. But especially, let's just stick through you know through the air here for a second. He has been one of the league's best quarterbacks on an EPA per dropback basis and a CPOE composite. When you put those things together, um, which a lot of the you know advanced uh, advanced people like to do. He has been one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League since like this winning streak has started for the Giants, which that's what we've wanted, right? We wanted Daniel Jones to show it a little bit more performance-wise. Uh, I wanted him, I wanted him to show it stat-wise uh, as well, but also just this is the most important thing: win games. And like Bobby said, being the reason why you're winning games. Of course, there's Saquon Barkley. Of course, there's a solid defense that we could talk about. But it was just cool to see like the. Uh, the energy that he showed today, it was cool to see it matched with a game that ended in a victory. It was it was cool to see as a guy that we just we root for him and we root for all these guys in blue. Um, other things with the passing offense, Darius Slayton playing, even though he did have a drop today. Did, okay, so they I didn't get to see the replay on the condensed version. That fade they threw at the end of the game was that a drop by Slayton or was like that not on him? I don't think that was on him, right? Okay. I don't, Julian, no. Yeah, I don't think that was on him at all. Okay, yeah. he had a drop earlier in the game, but obviously his speed is a huge threat, and that puts that first touchdown on the game. Uh, you know, he had three catches, 58 yards, a touchdown, and then, and then plus the drop. Like, his speed um, being on the field truly does make a difference for the Giants. And I, I don't want to continue, but even though he's flawed and he's frustrating and he almost dropped that freaking touchdown, like Slayton, I don't care if Kenny Galladay comes back. I don't care if Kadarius Tony comes back. Slayton should be like the number one wide receiver in progressions for the most part. Like he needs to be like that X receiver. If Galladay comes back, I don't want him playing. Um, now that David Stills isn't playing, my my thing with Galladay was like, we got to play him over Stills. Well, now that Stills isn't playing much, even though he had a nice dig route. Um, Tony, if he's back and healthy, which again, not counting on, I do want him to play. But Slayton should be a player for this team for the rest of the season. Him and Wandell should be 1A, 1B. Wandell can be an intermediate type of guy. Darius Slayton can be at the sticks or past the sticks guy. I mean, that I, I want I want those two guys kind of playing off of each other here. If Slayton's not open deep and he's taking up the attention deep, then you hit Wandell short. If Wandell's having some attention that's brought to him in the intermediate part of the field, Slayton's 1v1. Give Slayton a shot like he did the first drive of the game. And I also think, Bobby, just, you know, we're, we're talking about play calling some, you know, throwing the ball here. I think the Giants wanted to throw the ball this game. I thought, yeah, I the think first they, drive they didn't. I don't think they ran the ball in the first drive of the game. No, and I think seven out of their first eight plays, or seven out of their first nine plays, I tweeted this at one point. They were all pass plays, which that's not something that we've seen super often this year. But then you have Ben Bredesen go down. Then you have Evan Neal go down, and I think the entire trajectory of the game changes. And this is also, I think, shout out to Josh Azuda. We'll get to the O line, but Josh Azuda, I think, had a pretty awesome game. I'm excited to see you break down his stuff in the O-line report, but also the Giants offense and the Giants coaching. They didn't blink. They didn't hesitate. They didn't pout. They didn't continue to just do what they wanted to do in the game plan just because, oh, well, we're just going to stick to our game plan just because we had two offensive linemen go down. Daniel Jones took a bunch of sacks. No, they had uh, Daniel Jones had eight passing attempts in the second half and they ran the ball well. So this coaching staff continues to adjust. This key, this team continues to adjust and they find a way to get it done um, in multiple different ways too. But it was cool to see them start off the first half well with the touchdown by throwing the ball. Yeah. And they, you know, they probably would have at least got a field goal in the second drive. If Marcus Johnson and Richie James don't have huge like chunk play drops. Yeah. Um, before we move on, I want to talk about Saquon and the offensive line. Um, I just want to cover this, the RPO interception on the roughing the passer on Daniel Jones. Just kind of break it down. Didn't happen. Yeah. One, yeah, it didn't happen. But that's why those RPOs are scary um, on those slants is because Daniel Jones makes the right read on that. But Devin, like they were RPOing, oh, they are RPOing him like crazy. And Devin Lloyd, who has been playing really well for the Jaguars as a rookie, he's the front side linebacker on that. And he kind of like I don't know if there's a something that gave it away, but he kind of sniffs out like an RPO is coming on this slant, and he bait like he totally like just kind of hid under behind the line and then popped out underneath that. Like that was an awesome play by Lloyd. You know, not not every interception is created equal. Like it's it's not a good one by a DJ, but that also was like that's an interception where you go in the film room and it's like okay, this is like this is a very clearly this is why that happened. Um, 
you know, but, but hey, still, it doesn't count. So Daniel Jones has two interceptions in seven games. Um, and one was David Sills following. So he's protecting the ball. I did have a moment at some point in the game. It's like, you know, he's going to throw an interception again at some point. Like if you've kind of, oh, I mean, just over his last two years, it's like this kid doesn't really throw interceptions. Anymore. Disagree. Never going to throw one ever again. That's true. We don't, that's, we don't need that's to talk fair. about it. That's fair. All right, Saquon Barkley. And this is a continuing trend just with the Giants rushing on all, uh, in general. First half, eight carries, 16 yards, two, point, uh, two yards per carry. Second half, 16 carries, 94 yards, 5.9 yards per carry. It is frustrating with this Giants offense at times where it's just like they like suck running the ball in the first half. And then, but they just stick to it. And in the second half, they consistently like, I'm gonna I'm gonna at some time tomorrow go and look at Saquon Barkley's first half yards versus second half yards this season because it's it's gotta be a huge it's gotta be like 80% in the second half. I have a theory. I think this is just in general. NFL teams throw the ball a lot more in the second half. Are the Giants just reversing that trend? Maybe not in definitely this game they haven't, but I mean in general they've been down. They've had some double digit comebacks, so they have been throwing the ball his, like just through this entire season. Just I can just tell you by the eye test, they've been throwing the ball more. But their effectiveness on the ground goes up tremendously in the second half compared to the first half. You're right. So I honestly think just the way that the NFL works, NFL teams typically, unless you have a double-digit lead and you're winning the game, teams just throw the ball more in the NFL. So I think defenses are more ready to defend the pass, but the Giants just continue to run the ball effectively in the second half. That's and- my theory. And just guys being tired, like running, run defense is a lot about effort. Um, and you maybe, you know, you're half a second of reading your keys late. Um, you know, you're a defensive lineman. You don't really, you don't explode into the guard, uh, you know, uh, on the initial play and you don't blow that up. You don't spill on a pulling guard. Like, so that's where it's just good credit to the giants to sticking to it throughout games because, I know as a like as a play caller, that's got to be tough when it's like this isn't working. You know, we had three negative rushing. You know, three of our eight handoffs to Saquon in the first half were negative, uh, negative yards. But credit to them being like, no, like we 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 believe in this and we're going to stick with it through. And they've done that consistently. Like, yeah. This isn't just like a one game sample size. Like, I'm going to go get those splits of Saquon first half, second half. And this is a continual trend too. I think the Giants had about 18 minutes of time of possession in the second half. I think they did that against Baltimore. They might have done. They think they did something similar against Green Bay as well. I mean, that's huge. I mean, that's huge. Like eight, like possess, and they had sixteen minutes in the in the first half, and then they had like eight, over eighteen minutes in the second half. That's insane. Let's talk about the offensive line. Then we'll do the defense. Um, God, please let Evan Neal be okay. That were like, you know, supposedly it's it's they've avoided the worst. But even then, it's like missing Evan Neal from four games is just like, if that's what it is, like being an MCL sprain, which it seems like the entire Giants roster has MCL sprains at this sure. point. God, that would just flat out suck. And it seems like Bredesen might miss some time. But credit to Ty- uh, Tyree Phillips was a huge, maybe the biggest waiver claim addition because he is a swing tackle. He's played tackle in the NFL, not very good tackle. But again, no swing tackle is, is a good offensive lineman in the NFL. I'm not sure Elijah Vera Tucker, who swings out there. He's uh, hurt too. Sorry to sorry to break your AVT's break hurt her back there. I I think he went down at at a, at a certain point during the Jets game today. The Jets have literally went through five tackles this year. <laughs> um, but Zudu for the first time like playing well. Uh, yeah, you, know, you got to go. I got to go get in the nitty gritty of the pass pro. But here's where I'll say that is flat out better because every time Zudu has played this year, he's a lot of sack. He's just been just beat quickly and where it's just like, okay, like a Zudu's an issue, you know? So we may go watch the film and, and there's been times like this with Evan Neal this year where it's like, look pretty good. And then you go watch the film like, no, he's got to clean up this. This isn't great. But, and they were operating some straight dropback stuff too. Like they obviously did, they went heavy play action, but credit to Azudo. I'm very excited to watch him. And, and there is just like his athleticism in the running game is just very noticeable. Like he pulls very quickly and he just moves really well. He was putting dudes on their ass in the run game. I mean, he flies around. Like, he he moves – like, I, he might be faster than freaking Daniel Bellinger the way he moves at times. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm real – I am – I don't know if I've ever been more excited. I'm obviously excited for you to break down Andrew Thomas every week. But uh, 
Oh, Azuda's part one of the O-line report this week. I am really excited for you to break down Josh Azuda just to see what what went right, what maybe what maybe went went what went wrong, but I didn't see it. Like I, I don't think anybody saw it on the TV, which that's the most important thing. There could have been things that went wrong for Josh Azuda this game, but for the first time that Josh Azuda has made any kind of appearance, whether this is preseason or the regular season, I'm not noticing him on the ground. I'm not noticing him getting noticeably beat within the first second of the play. And I don't think he gave up a sack. I think the only time that I was like, oh, an offensive lineman gave up a sack, Trayvon Walker got the sack, but I put it more on Tyree Phillips, who was going up against Josh Allen. Yeah, that's what it was. So Josh Allen, Tyree Phillips initially got that penetration. Daniel Jones steps up in the pocket. And then uh, Trayvon Walker, who was on Andrew Thomas. I don't put it on Andrew Thomas because Daniel Jones had to kind of move that. Those sacks aren't credited to offensive line. And Tyree Phillips was like, Tyree Fields was consi- consistently giving the corner, you know, so there was times where where they were close, um, but he was able to hold up enough to where it wasn't just yeah. nuking the offense. And obviously the Giants aren't running seven-step drops and just DJ sitting back there. For like, like his internal clock has gotten a little better where he knows when this – like he's – again, we've always said with Dan- – so we got a little bit of heat on after our mailbag pod. We put out a clip where we're like – I don't think Daniel Jones is playing ton a ton better. It's just that he finally he's having a scheme that's letting him when he does play well show up. Um, and people are like, well, his pocket manipulation. That was something that we talked about in 2021, Justin. We're like, his pocket manipulation is way better when Andrew Thomas is out there and healthy. When the left tackle is not good, <laughs> then it's an issue. But with Andrew Thomas, like his pocket manipulation has been that's just, that's that's old news the improvement on that you know last year in 2021 he had the eighth best uh pressure of the sack rate in the nfl so yeah uh and thomas had another awesome game trayvon walker um not good trayvon walker's stat trayvon walker doesn't even have stats and his stats are empty um tough can i can we talk about two more things offensively i have one thing chris myrick two first downs the man can't be stopped <laughs> I feel like we didn't give Wondell Robinson enough love. That's true. He was, I I know he got banged up a little bit somehow. Um, You know, he did plays in the second half, but not like on a full low, but he had what, six catches for 50 yards in this game? Led the team in catches, and he was second on the team in receiving yards behind Darius Slayton. So he had six catches on eight targets, 50 yards. Um, His long was 17. Yeah, he's, he's, been uh, like a good like in those little quick game and that's what we kind of want out of Wandale. so he's been he's been good he had uh they gave him a like a, a push pass that he or was even maybe it wasn't even a handoff was it, no was it, it, it no he did not have a single rushing attempt on the game so what you're thinking was considered a pass attempt. i actually think that was the 17 yard play yeah he had a a nice a nice like uh like he broke a tackle on that bounce off and he added, falls like, down yards. very easily <laughs> yeah he's very small <laughs> Um, and then, and then the other thing I want to touch on offensively. So good job, Wandale Robinson. Uh, I'm excited to see how his his role increases because I honestly feel like there were going to be two guys that were going to be heavily involved in the game today. Wandale Robinson being one, and it's a shame that you know the Giants didn't really throw the ball in the second half again. Another game where we're saying it's a shame the Giants couldn't throw the ball in the second half. Chicago was one because they didn't have a. Tyrod Taylor got, you know, spun around through an interception, got concussed. Uh, Daniel Jones <laughs> hurt his ankle slash knee, whatever. Um, so two games, two victories where we're saying the Giants could barely throw the ball in the second half. Um, so I thought Wandale was going to be involved a lot more in this game. I'm I'm upset to see that he didn't continue to get involved. And I also thought that Daniel Bellinger, I thought they kind of had a plan for him to get involved, throwing the ball down the field a little bit more. You mentioned how Chris Myrick had two, had two first downs. Yeah, Myrick got his touches. So uh, somebody posted a screenshot from Frank Bellinger. Do we count Frank Bellinger, uh, Daniel Bellinger's father, as a news source? Yeah, we can do that. Is it a picture of his eye? I, I, I they just, I just kept on hearing him talking about that. In my Twitter, but no, I never there was a picture of his eye. I mean, he was bleeding out of his eye. Like it was some like it wasn't as bad as this. But you ever see uh, any given Sunday? Yeah, a lot. Was, I, that, it, that speech is maybe the best speech of all time. You know that scene where then they show like Illuminati, like and his eyes all fucked up. Yeah. It was similar to that, except not as bad. But it that that's like scary stuff, though. Frank Bellinger says he needs surgery, but vision is good. Needs surgery on his eye? Yeah, that's I mean, he went to a he hospital. Got... It was bad. He was bleeding out of his eye. God, my eyes are sensitive, man. That just hurts my eyes. There was blood that. on the jersey, and there was blood like going down his face. It was it was like horror movie stuff. Speaking of tight ends, Evan Ingram. <laughs> 
Um, Hope Danny Bellinger's okay. He had a good game. All right, let's talk about the defense first. This episode uh, was brought to you by our Patreon. Forgot to mention them in the front in the front of the episode, but we're going to mention them now. We got a lot to talk about on defense. Our Patreon uh, new people who Nate just Nate. Nate, 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 Nate. Is this Anthony. Nate Talks Football? I don't know. So he was at the game. We were supposed to meet up and didn't. I'll, I'll, I'll do some story time of Jacksonville at the end of the game. Um, but I also saw him post a picture and he has a red beard. So it's like, I, I, I didn't know you had a beard now. I wouldn't have yeah. uh, noticed you. And I'm thinking now, like, did I see him with a beard? Anthony Henderson, uh, Jake Puzia, Patrick McGinty, J.D. Simons, captain of all roles. What does that even mean? And did we do Robin, Robbie Skinner on the last episode? Hmm, sounds Anyways, familiar. who are these people, Justin? Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. $2 a month plus some of the tiers. You get to hang out with us. Watch the shows live. I mean, is is every Monday just going to be a victory Monday now? We don't know how to lose. And we celebrate victory Mondays a little early on Sunday because we record the shows on Sunday. Bobby Skinner and you guys paid say- for a battery on my truck this week. I had to oh. text Justin. Like, hey, I got some car issues. Pull out the Patreon. Bam. Pull out the Patreon. Thank you for paying for, paying for Bobby's battery. Um, you know the rest. Be part of the Patreon family. We love you. So I thought this was the Giants' defense worst game. You could argue the Dallas game. Um, they gave up 452 yards, which was their most. The most up to that, up to that was 406 last week versus the Ravens. But they only held them to 17 points, and they had zero sacks in this game. You know, the one turn like they just the Giants' defense continues to just show up in key moments. You know, like the fumble, which I'm not going to give them a ton of credit for that. Like ETN should just hold on to the ball. Like it wasn't I'm very some, glad that that happened, though. That's I mean, that's a game changer right there. Like yeah. if, if ETN doesn't fumble the ball. So that's so I'm not going to sit here and heart praised for them for ETN fumbling the ball. But I, what I will is they had a third and one. My guy, Quincy Roche coming off the edge, getting at those legs. Bam. All right. We got a fourth and inches. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. Leonard Williams, yes, we get, we expect that of him. And Ryder Anderson mm. jacked their offensive alignment up and stopped the play, and then everyone else comes and rallies, and we've got a turnover on downs. On, on They had a third and one, and they ran, they ran the ball two times, and we got a turnover on downs. Like, that's insane to do that type of stuff. And then on the following drive, Dory Jackson shuts down Evan Ingram uh, on third down, and they have to punt it when the Giants get the ball back with four and a half minutes left. Like, they just made key plays at the right times, even though at times it, it just felt like a bad day for the defense, but they were able to hold in the 17 points. Like our, our bad days ain't even, ain't even that bad. I don't understand why the Giants defense is better on third and shorts than they are on third and longs. It's actually infuriating. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but they just continue to do well on like on those third and shorts. Like they have, I wish there was a way to go and look up like just season long third and shorts because I know we're already. Julian tracks them every week. I will get those stats for you tomorrow. Yeah. Track that every week. But I'm even thinking of like just versus the other rest of the league. Like it's got to be the most by like a huge, huge margin. I can get that for you. Pro football reference tracks it. So I'd I'd like, I'd just like to see like what our, like, you know, like what percentage of our third down stops are on these third and shorts. So I'll I'll take a look. I'll take a look at that. Um, but at the end of the day, I thought it was an overall bad game for the defense. Teams, there's some film on on the Giants, and I think that main film is like run around the edges on these guys because you throw any type of misdirection at their linebackers, and they are falling for it, and they just they're just not great on the edges. Like Tay Crowder and Jalen Smith, both are like if you throw any type of misdirection at those guys, they are not processing well, and they're not good enough to make up for that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we know they're weak of the linebackers. I mean, especially if the strength of the Giants defense is in the interior. I mean, this is just, you know, coming from somebody who doesn't know the ins and outs and the intricacies of football all that well. But if your interior is good and your linebackers are suspect, force them to go sideline to sideline, right? Um, and if they introduce some misdirection stuff, which, you know, kind of I, I call a lot of high school games that looked a lot like what high school offenses do, but I actually kind of like that. I mean, it forces a defense to stay disciplined and, you know, it forces them, your eyes to go one way for a half a second. And that half a second's enough for, uh, for it to turn into a positive play offensively. So it was cool what they were doing uh, offensively for the Jaguars, where it kind of got, it kind of put the Giants linebackers in conflict. And 
they got to fix it up, man, because they're playing some teams. That they got some teams coming up like the Seahawks, the Lions. I mean, they have some of the best rushing offenses in the National Football League right now. Um, and they got to they got to fix it up. Yeah, I mean, ETN ran had, and ETN's a good player, by the way. You know, because he's on the Jaguars, he doesn't get talked about much, and they, we're doing some split back stuff. But he's actually having a really good year. Yeah, fourteen carries for hundred forty. Did, did James Robinson get hurt? He had no carries in one target. No, he was in. Is there? There's no Brian Rob. Brian Robinson's on the Commanders. Yeah, James Robinson. James Robinson. I don't think he got hurt. It was just working with ETN. I get, but I mean, James Robinson got zero carries in this game. Um, but ETN killed him on that. Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, he completed 22 of 43 passes, had the 310 passing yards. Um, here, kind of my fears of this Jaguars offense were confirmed a little bit. Now they weren't able to produce a ton of points out of it, but. Lawrence is good going through his progressions and finding the holes in zone. And that's what he did. Like he killed the holes in zone. And then when you threw man at him, which I just feel so much more confident when this Giants defense is running man coverage, he knew where to go. Like they picked on Darnay for a couple of big plays. And there was just a lot of outside the number, you know, you know, 10 to 20, 10 to 15 yard throws that Trevor Lawrence was able to make. And again, they they spread the ball around. And that that was my biggest fear with this Jaguars offense. And they did do that type of stuff well. I think they I think the Jaguars kind of shot themselves in the foot where they would get they would like run first and ten, like I right, would want to throw, you know, 20 yards, you know, down the fade. And then you get second and ten, they'd get behind, where it's like, man, that intermediate stuff is just working to like perfection. And you guys are running the ball well and they would get behind. So I think the Jaguars. Like old Dougie P kind of got in their way a little bit, and burning those two timeouts. Yeah, that sucked. Sucked to be them. It felt in those moments like this is classic Doug Peterson burning timeouts, and I was like, this is going to come back to bite them, and it literally did. Like that, those last three plays of the game are totally different if they don't burn those two timeouts. Tough, uh, tough to, tough to not have a coaching advantage. Yeah, seriously, Doug Peterson. I'm I'm tired of people giving him praise. I still hate him. Um, I'm also really glad that we beat him too, not because of 2020. We just never freaking beat him. Like why? Like I I, I tweeted I tweeted one point. I'm like, can we please can we please have the Doug Peterson come out that Eagles fans hate? And he did, I guess, because he burned the timeouts. Yeah, and um. I'm not going to blame him for not getting the ball on that fourth down. Like they should have won it. The, what did you think about that two point conversion at the end beginning of the game? To say that again, when they we got the penalty on defense and then they 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 went for two instead of the extra point and went up the game eight seven. I liked that, it. Yeah, that was pretty much that was like oh that doesn't feel very good to do. And the fact uh, that we blocked that extra point was awesome. I mean, I don't think it had any kind of like impact on the game, but it felt at the time that it could have an impact on the game. Yeah, I mean, I have a I have a first down percentage for you. Uh the Giants' defense. This is actually fucking crazy. The Giants' defense have had thirty-seven plays between third down and one to three to go. I want you to guess what the first down percentage is. Twenty-two percent. No, that's 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 very low. But fifty-one point four. The fact that. There's a that's a pretty decent sample size. We have 37 plays now, and at least according to Pro Football Reference, the first down percentage of opponents when they have a when they have a third down of one to three to go between that 51.4. So it's coin flip, coin flip on whether you get it or not. That's not supposed to happen. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty good for uh for Wink Martindale's defense, and I guess that shows the strength, like you said, on the interior. Um, and when. And that's what Tate Crowder and Jalen Smith, when they are moving forward and they're moving forward in the right direction, they can be good linebackers. It's just when you get them sideline to sideline, they get killed. Um, I want to talk about something. Let's talk about something. Kayvon? Kayvon Thibodeau is going to have a multi-sack game within the next couple of weeks. Dude, he was getting around the corner consistently. And I hate to be like, they're holding him, but it's like they were consistently holding him. Like this yeah. guy gets so many holding. I, like they need to have like a, a individual session with Kayvon Thibodeau where it's like just here's how to act when you get held because they're not calling it on him. Like he is consistently getting around the corner on cats. There was a, I think his most impressive play of the game was when he was getting held around his neck. And then he had a, I think he had one or two QB hits on the day. 
and this had to be one of those QB hits where he basically forced an incompletion. Um, just awesome stuff. Uh, I think we saw a lot of power out of Kayvon against Baltimore, where he was bull rushing dudes. I think this week we saw the speed, and now we gotta we gotta try and bend that corner just a little bit more to actually finish and get back to the quarterback so we can finish these plays and not just get, you know, next-gen pressures here. So that's what I want to see out of Kayvon. And I, I like that we're ending these games, and now that the pitch count is kind of being lifted off of him, we're seeing him in the game in the fourth quarter, we're seeing him in the game on the final drive, he's having impact on the games, and I love that we're kind of pushing him to be like, hey, this is how you can finish these plays, and it's basically only like his, what, this is like a second game? Um fifth he played the dallas game whoops um it feels yeah, like it's a second game it's like yeah he's getting consistent pressure um yeah and and that he almost had another game winning like like forced fumble like he got so close to poking that ball from trevor lawrence towards the end of the game we know trevor lawrence can be prone to giving up the ball um in the pocket like he got so close to it towards uh, the end of the game also i'm so mad they took that dexter lawrence sack off the board like, come on, man. Like, give Dexter Lawrence this. Don't take away sacks from Sexy Dexy. Like, stop trying to hold him down. Like, Dexter Lawrence almost had his fifth sack of the season. We're, we're talking about his stats, and his stats are still obviously awesome. But he he played well today. Um, other 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 notes on the defense. Like I said, Darnay and Man still worries you. Um, they like Trevor Lawrence did. I, I I thought he did a better job than the Jaguars points total and and stats. Um, look like but um but hey held them to 17 points like this defense is consistently stopping teams from scoring justin i'm a fan adoree jackson thought had another good game yeah i mean he had two like two or three like he had the pass deflection on christian kirk on a third down he had that one on evan ingram on the second to last drive for the jags and i think he had maybe one other like adoree jackson continues just to be that dude um, anywhere you line him up. And I, I, I figured they wouldn't have him follow all, all game. And they, they threw a lot of different looks at their – like there was – Xavier McKinney was covering Christian McCaffrey in man coverage on one play. Um, they ended Christian up McCaffrey? Or Christian Kirk, and he ended sure. up being uh, converting that. So, all right, any, anything else before we do some just BSing um, and end up pod BSing? Oh, Landon Collins made some cool plays. Screenplay, man. That was that was big. Like, Third that was, down. You know, and, and – the Jags run so many screens. Like that was very noticeable on film and they did it in this game, but that, yeah, that was a huge third down stop on, on that screen, like credit to Landon Collins. Like it, it seemed like anytime with the third and long, we went into that four safety set. Dane Belton got beat. Uh, I think he got beat in man coverage on, on one play. So it, it wasn't super effective, but Landon Collins did have that play. Yeah. I think he was also got tossed around in there for that final play of the game. Thank you to Fabian Moreau for holding strong at the one-yard line and not allowing 36 more inches. That was miserable. I think Xavier McKinney was the second guy to get in there, and then maybe a Dory Jackson, and then I think uh, Landon Collins was like the fourth guy to get in there and push him back and win the game. So it was cool to see Landon Collins. I think he got like 20, 30-ish percentage percent of the snaps, so maybe they'll work him in. Do you, I mean, I'm in, so I'm interested to see, maybe we'll, maybe I, I really think that somebody will ask in the mailbag, how was Landon Collins used? So was he used like a, a conventional linebacker or was he used like Tony Jefferson? Tony That's like Jefferson. my main question. That's yeah. like, we, we, like we had the, like, what is Landon Collins role? And we're like, I guess just depth. And then Tony Jefferson goes, I are like, all right, Tony Jefferson, like the Tony Jefferson role. But they were like, they, exactly you know, all the playing. beat reporters were saying that he's going to be lining up at linebacker. So I'm like, which oh, is, does that change it? No. Which is what Tony Jefferson did. Okay. I guess maybe you, you you like Landon a little more versus the run, so you can do some conventional linebacker stuff. If like if if Tay Crowder and Jalen Smith get hurt, you're gonna play Michael McFadden and Austin Calitro and not Tony Jefferson. Maybe if those guys go down, Landon Collins can play that true linebacker. You know, if there's one guy that would probably want Landon Collins at linebacker over, it's Austin Calitro. So yeah. One of your one of your so I'm continuing to find these third down stats. Um. So third, third and one to three. Giants allow fifty-one percent of the first downs, right? Which is crazy impressive because that's not a lot of distance ago. Third and seven to ten, they allow first downs at a forty-two percent rate. How? Why? 
<laughs> yeah, which is like higher than their overall conversion rate. Actually. Yeah, which is crazy. All right, so Giant, so Giants defense. Here's your approach from now on. Forget everything that you know about the game of football. Get into third and two every time. Well, in the opposite with the offense, like we said the the two weeks before this game, it's like offense. Just pretend you're in third and long. That's where your best plays come from. Yeah. Um. So, all right, all right. That's an episode. We can do a little BS and uh, towards the end, we're only at 44, 45 minutes. Um. I. It's starting to become kind of impressive that I'm undefeated at every Giants game I've attended. Five and zero now. The key is to not attend too many. That's the thing. People are like, oh, send in that. I was like, well, no, that ruins it. But like, we're gonna like my next game is December fourth in Washington, so you can already mark that down. <laughs> You're going so, to the Commanders game. We're winning the, that one. The Giants are at seven wins. I, I, that's a guarantee for the season. You know, um, Taylor Heineke beat our beat our Green Bay Packers today, though. Yeah, what, what is, is happening wrong in the NFL? with Green Bay? Like, how what is, is happening Bay with the NFL, dude? We're so like it's it's basically a guarantee we're going to the playoffs. Like we'd we'd have to have a serious meltdown. Like you can be like, oh, you guys are the twenty twenty Steelers. Don't care. I just want to be in the playoffs, and and we got a shot. Julian, you flying up? Hell yeah, I'll be there for sure if we're in the playoffs. Yeah, we, I mean we're going to the playoffs. Yeah. I, Dude, we beat the Eagles one out of two games, and the division's not totally out of hand either. So, what do we want to do? Do we want to? What do we want? We got to talk about what we want to do. Yeah, once baseball season's over, we'll we can plan with our our company a little better. Um, but we'll we'll figure something like we'll we'll do a watch if the Giants are on the road. We'll definitely do some type of watch along. Um, if they're home, uh, oh man, I, I I if they're home, that's tough. I have an idea. If they're home, it's a wild one, but I have an idea. That idea would be perfect if we could pull that off. Okay, you already know um, what the idea is. And can we I just could do say the man it? on we could do the man on the street video. I always wanted to do too. Yes. Can, can I just say win. what the idea is if they play at home? No, I don't want to. I don't want to say because I don't want to get people too excited if it doesn't happen. Okay. Um, so you just have to, you have to wait. Yeah. So um, I'm very excited for the Giants to be in the playoffs. Julian's season, mom. Do we have any update on Julian's mom? She didn't send me a text today, and. Yeah, that's about it. Maybe I think she probably just gave up from last week. Yeah, she, did you see there was a the, Bobby? Did you see the Jaguar tried to commit suicide, jumping yeah, off I the? See, I see, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw that video. Um, I think Julian told his mom like stop saying stuff because they're gonna keep bringing it up. No. Um. So keep pressuring, guys. Seahawks won because the Seahawks aren't even a real animal. I'm gonna remake a former Good Morning video for that. Okay. Um. I hate Jacksonville, by the way. Yeah, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Jacksonville's like this. One, their parking is horrible. And I almost feel like just out of this guy, but I don't think he actually did it on purpose. But he's like, we're going to be in lot T, like in T62 and U62. We go there, we look for it. Like we go to, you know, uh, LMNOPQR, like looking for T. And then we ask, like, we finally, we, we asked a few people, and then they're like, there is no T, lot T in U. <laughs> so we walked around for 30 minutes looking for that. Um, and then we, like, I tweeted, like telling people to go there. So that really pissed me off. Whoever, you know, um, I know who did it, didn't do it on purpose, but that was pretty frustrating. And there was no contact after that. I wasn't going to ask the guy tough. So, and, and just the parking is just very not centralized. And I think that's why like people hate MetLife stadium, but if you're an old man, like if you have an old man brain, MetLife stadium is great because the park, like the parking, like that's the best thing yeah. about MetLife stadium. Um, and getting out of the stadium. Like, it takes you th- almost 30 minutes to get out of the stadium. Like, there's a traffic jam getting, like, going down the ramps out of the actual stadium, where that doesn't happen in other stadiums. Or at least, in the you know, it doesn't happen in the Dolphins one. It doesn't happen in the Bucks one. It doesn't happen in, in MetLife. No, it was tough. It was even tough to get out of Tennessee, too. And, I mean, Washington is just a dump. Um, so, I, I – Bobby's been to a few of the Florida stadiums. I, I, I've been around. Um, Jacksonville stinks. To a few now. So, I mean, I hate to say it. MetLife Met Met, is great. That's why I got so much hate in 2019. I'm like, MetLife's not bad. Met just, life's, Met if, life's you're just, if you're just there for the football, MetLife is a perfect stadium. Um, if you're there for, you know, for to be dazzled and, you know, wined and dined, then, it's, then it no. sucks. Um, but now that the winning has returned, I don't care about that. Yeah, so we don't even want to burn it down. I never even wanted to burn it down because I just wanted to burn – the stadium down because it, we sucked 
Um, you just wanted to burn shit things. down. Oh, a police officer. I tweet. Yeah, I tweeted. I tweeted out, and afterwards I was like, okay, this is like a look at me, like hardo move. But it was funny. So I, you know, they have the jaguar outside of the um, outside of the stadium. So I take, I put a sticker on, I take a picture, and walk away. And then the cop walks on, walks up, and I'm like, okay, he's gonna take it off. You know, takes it off. We lost Bobby. Oh, we just lost him. I think so. He appears I'm actually to war. Um. So there was that. Oh, and I'm renting a microphone from Walmart. Is my Looks internet screwed up? Looks similar. Yeah, it's the same one. I'm renting it. Right on. How was that story? So it was was there something interesting about that story you want to share? No, I just I just I do think it's funny that like I'm not gonna pay for a new microphone because I forgot. So I'm literally just using it this one time, putting it back in the package and returning it. So that's we used to do that with um, shrimping nets like ten years ago. We just go rent the shrimping net from Walmart. Fantastic. Is that like are people gonna be mad at me? Is that is that scummy? Is that scummy enough where people are gonna be mad about that? Doing am what? I, is, am I cutting out? Yeah, you're cutting in and out, but you're you're, you're right. Cutting out internet wise. Yeah, you're cutting in and out, but you're all right. All right, so let's end the episode since I'm cutting out. All right, <laughs> so let's end the episode. Um. All right. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back Wednesday with a mailbag. Obviously, Olin review. The Giants are six and one, baby. Let everybody know about it. Let's celebrate. Let's win some games. Mr. Brownstone changed this New York Giants team. So we'll be back then. Appreciate you guys. Um, let's let's get back up there in the charts too. So we'll see you guys on Wednesday. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs> <laughs>